This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. Ah, it's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. Welcome to episode number 23 of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus. <laughs> Ah, let me read you a quote to start off. He has broken the chemistry on the team. That is what one executive in the NBA said about LeBron James's antics with Anthony Davis. And weeks after, it's still lingering in the rocker room. And that is something we'll be talking about in today's show. Thank you guys, those of you who are here for the first time. Those of you who've been there since day one, we appreciate it. Man, we have a great show for you guys today. It's going to be amazing. Of course, like I said, we're going to talk about LeBron James and the Lakers and what what this negativity around the team and what that means for them moving forward, of course, in the NBA standings. And we also want to talk about one of the most amazing things I've seen this past weekend. The Houston Rockets, once again, without their leading scorer, the NBA leading scorer, James Harden, but led by... Future Hall of Famer Chris Paul defeated the Golden State Warriors at home. The Golden State Warriors are now 5-8 and eight against the Houston Rockets in the last two seasons. What does that mean? What does that mean moving forward? And that's something we want to talk about. And of course, in current news, Robert Kraft, he got uh, indicted with some, uh, I guess, prostitutions or soliciting. Ah, uh, those type of services when he went to a spa you would think a man with all that money would have it all together right then he won't be engaged and stuff like this but hey lo and behold in the 70s robert Kraft is all in it but with no further ado guys let's just get right into it with what are you talking about bro huh what are you talking about man Right now, in the City of Angels, there's a lot of things going on that us Laker fans, we don't like whatsoever. And it simply is we're losing. How are we losing with the best player in the NBA? How is that even possible? That's what a lot of fans are thinking. But I'm just here to inform you, not because you have the best player in basketball or any sport for that matter. means you're automatically going to win every season, every year. But before I get into all that, this past Saturday night, the Los Angeles Lakers lost once again to a team they weren't supposed to lose to. The New Orleans Pelicans. Everybody was anticipating whether Anthony Davis would play because of everything that's been going on between him and all these rumors. Him coming to L.A. and LeBron James wanting his teammates to be out. He didn't play that game. And the Lakers weren't ready. They weren't engaged. They didn't look like they even cared to be on the same court in New Orleans. And ultimately, they got blown out. They allowed 41 points in the first quarter. You're allowed 41 points to any team in the NBA, you're bound to lose. The probabilities of you losing that game is very high. And that's what happened to the Lakers. They weren't in the game from the beginning. At one point, they were even down 20. This, that score doesn't necessarily reflect what was going on in that game. But again, I'm here to tell you what's really going on in Los Angeles. Just like I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, there's a GM that has explicitly expressed what I've been feeling for the past two weeks. And some of you, based on what I'm about to say, may call me a hypocrite just because of how I defended Kobe Bryant years ago. But there's going to be a difference, and I'll tell you what that is. LeBron James pretty much 
threw his teammates under the bus without telling them that directly. And this executive pretty much said that LeBron James created the havoc that's going on right now in the Lakers locker room. LeBron James is in his mid-30s now, about to be actually in his mid-30s. He's still in his prime, you'll say. He came to LA to win. Clearly, he saw something better here than what he had in Cleveland. But yet, the Lakers this first season are garbage. They are playing like garbage. And when, and some of you may not like that, what I say, because you got to say, well, you got to support your team all the way. But I'm also critical and I have two eyes and I look at things neutrally. The Lakers are awful. Beginning of the season, they used to play defense. Now they're not playing defense whatsoever. You can make up all the excuses. Oh, Alonzo Ball is hurt. LeBron James got hurt for a month. That does not stop you from playing good defense with the players you have on the court. The players that were brought in by Rapalenka, Magic Johnson, they were supposed to be defensive pieces. So if the offense is not clicking, the one thing the Lakers would do is play defense. And right now, Lakers are scoring, but other teams are scoring more than them. Simple math. They're going to lose. But the key thing right now that really bothers me, LeBron James is passive-aggressive. He doesn't tell his teammates his face how he feels. On the basketball court. Now, this is the part where some of you have been critical of me. You say I've defended Kobe Bryant back in the day when he wanted to get a trade from the Los Angeles Lakers when management was obviously not making a push to win. And Kobe called out his teammates to their face, publicly, on television, on the court, during practice. There's videos surfacing around. Shout out to my friend Victoria by our handle on Twitter, Count on Vic. She had a video circulating about how Kobe was getting on teammates in the 2007-2008 season. And Kobe was practically telling his players, man, if you're not going to give them maximum effort, why the hell are you here? You're not doing anything for me. And I know what Kobe meant. Kobe's a winner. He's saying, you guys don't have that winning mentality. But he called them out to their face so the players knew where they stood. Kobe calls for their head. Calls for their head. He still called for people's head. And he was calling their heads then. But what LeBron James is doing right now, he pretty much indirectly told all the players on the Lakers, look, Anthony Davis is way better than all of you, and I would prefer to play with him than with all of you. They're young players we're dealing with. Let me put this in perspective for you guys. These are young players who just came to the NBA. Some of them are in the league one or two years, three years for that matter, if you're speaking about Brandon Ingram. And with any job that you have, any place that you are, when you feel uncertainty, you tend to not operate to your maximum 100%. And that's what's been happening with the Lakers' young players. They don't look at LeBron the same anymore, at least in my opinion. Why would they want to play? Give him 100% and play for a guy who clearly voices opinion about how he feels about another player on another team and not wanting us here. What do you think? Would I want to give him 100%? Would you go to work and you find out that your boss... They didn't want you to be in that position. They wanted to hire somebody else. But because the HR felt like, hey, this is the person for the position. Your boss is not going to treat you less than you deserve. If you found that out, how would you feel? Would you still want to work there? Would you still want to be there? Would you still want to give your boss 100%? Society would tell you, well, turn the other cheek and you be a bigger person. Listen, man, NBA, this is a business. You play basketball. You put a ball in the hoop. You make millions of dollars. But these men have feelings too. And that's why I've been critical of LeBron 
most of his career as well. Yeah, some of you might say I have some hatred against LeBron because I'm a Kobe guy. No, that's not it. Absolutely not. It has nothing to do with it. My issue has always been some media members, the LeBron stance, they always, always have an excuse when LeBron's not winning. I'll tell you this. When Kobe wasn't winning, when he was on that garbage team with Smush Parker, Kwame Brown, Chris Mim, when Lamar Odom was the, his second best player on the team, Kobe complained. Kobe made noise, but Kobe was consistent. He let everybody know you need to play up to the level. You know what Kobe did then? Kobe put everybody in their positions. Kobe put everybody in their seats and let them know what was good. What LeBron is doing right now is just pouting. And just sitting along and say, well, it's not about me. I ain't got no help. If you ain't got no help, they should have stayed in Cleveland, fam. That's what you should have done. People get too excited. They, they they get too excited when they hear certain news about, oh, LeBron was coming to L.A. Everything's going to change for us. LeBron's not God. He's not Superman. Clearly, you can see that. The same thing he's dealing with, he was dealing with in Cleveland. He's dealing with now in L.A. And apparently, we have more talent in L.A. But as of right now, it doesn't seem that way. But always the excuse has been. When LeBron doesn't win, yes, yeah, his teammates, his management. Oh, LeBron's doing everything he can. LeBron carries the team. What is it? Oh, it's the coach's fault. The coaches don't put LeBron and his teammates in position to win. LeBron has to do everything. Sure, but when it was Kobe, it was all Kobe's fault. Why Spurs Marker couldn't put the ball in the basket? It was all Kobe's fault. Why Kwame Brown's confidence was shattered? It wasn't Phil Jackson's fault. It was all Kobe's fault. Kobe was the guy that Phil Jackson couldn't work with. Well, what about LeBron James? What is he doing? He came to LA to be the leader. And the leader of the pack said, I don't want to be with this pack. Matter of fact, translation. Let me translate that. He pretty much said, I don't want this pack. I want another wolf in another pack to come to my pack. That's what he was saying. So what do you think these other kids are feeling? Again. Y'all want to make noise, and when I mean y'all, I'm talking about some of you LeBron stands, fake Laker fans. I understand. You love LeBron, just like a lot of us love other players. You want to defend him, but I also urge you as a sports fan to be neutral. Everywhere LeBron has gone to, he has created havoc. GMs have created blueprints as to how to win with LeBron James. And the Lakers clearly didn't do that. We don't have shooters. We don't have the shooters Cleveland had. We don't have the shooters that Miami Heat had. We don't have any of that. Therefore, we are not winning consistently. Like I already mentioned, defensively we suck. We don't do anything well. So, you guys are wondering why the struggles of the Lakers are going on? It starts with the leader. Yeah, I can blame management, but it starts with the leader. You want all the praise when you're winning? You want to be on Sports Center? You get all the praise. Media members throw all the heat praise on you, saying, "Hey, LeBron carried the team." But when it's losing, it's everybody else's fault, but not his. Right now, LeBron is one of the worst defenders in the NBA. Period. He looks like he gained weight. He doesn't move like he used to. You can call it age. You can call it for the time. You can call it whatever you want. But something is clearly not up to par with LeBron, and you see it from him. He's starting to point all these fingers at other people. Yeah, sure, Kobe did that too, but he did that in your face. He let you know, yo, you're the issue. Maybe he was wrong at some points, but he pointed in your face. 
Right now, LeBron just sitting in his corner, just like that pouting kid when he doesn't get what he wants, and he's pointing the fingers at all the places. It's not, don't look at me. I'm averaging 28, uh, 8, and 7. It ain't my fault. The Lakers want to get it together. If the Lakers even want to have a shot at making it to the playoffs, LeBron James, the number one culprit of all these issues, need to start getting his act together. I hope my Lakers make the playoffs. I really do. But the attitude needs to change now, and it needs to start on top, and then we trickle down to these other players, and then things are going to start to change. Here's by the numbers. This is your stats of the day. Ah, for today's stat of the day, the number is eight and the number is five. If you're here for the first time, this is the part of the show where we talk about a statistic that's been uh, standing out for the past week. And uh, the Houston Rockets played the Golden State Warriors this past weekend, and they defeated them once again. Now, the Houston Rockets have an 8-5 record versus the Golden State Warriors. And it seems like the Houston Rockets look like the team that could potentially beat the Golden State Warriors in a seven-game series. Look, there's something to be said. Not many teams have a winning record against this Kevin Durant-led Golden State Warriors team. And the Houston Rockets has something going for them. If you, if you remember this past season, they beat Golden State in Golden State without Chris Paul. But they had James Harden. And now they didn't have James Harden but Chris Paul and they beat them again. Houston had everything going for them. And that's the belief. And it starts there. If you want to beat the Golden State Warriors, you need to have that belief. And obviously, clearly, that record for the past two years showed that. 8-5. and five. What does that mean? Does that mean the Rockets will actually beat the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs? If you ask me personally, I don't think that's going to happen. Matter of fact, I don't think any team is going to beat Golden State as long as Kevin Durant's on that on that team. But 8-5, and five, that means something now in the regular season. But let's see this coming playoffs and see how that works out for Houston Rockets and for everybody else who will be facing the Golden State Warriors. But today, that was our stat of the day. Keep it in context, Billy. Tell the whole story. Have you ever had a situation in life, and I'm sure a lot of us did, because I know I have, where you engage in any type of activity and this one particular person tend to have your number, no matter how good they are, no matter how bad you are, vice versa. If you have all the abilities or all the, uh, you have everything all together. Like for me, I play a lot of video games. Sometimes you become so good at it, but there's just one person that always has your number. And I think right now, that's what the Golden State Warriors are thinking about the Houston Rockets. Man, these guys came to our building two times already this year. And they beat us twice. Once without the NBA leading scorer, who's going to amazing streak right now. By the way, if you didn't know, James Harden, he was in, injured that game. He sat out Saturday night against the Golden State Warriors. He has 32 games and counting where he has scored 30 points or more. Guess what? You know who has done that? Will Chamberlain, three other times. The record is like 65 in a row, scoring 30. That's an amazing streak James Harden was on. You would expect James Harden, Chris Paul, 
Clint Capella, Eric Gordon on the same team coming to Oracle Saturday night. You would you would think you it should be a good matchup. But it really wasn't. Chris Paul was the only guy, superstar for the Rockets. Came in the building, beat the Golden State Warriors who had a full squad. It makes you wonder, just like I said in start of the day, the Houston Rockets are 8-5 and five against the Golden State Warriors in the past two years, and that's including the playoffs. I know regular season games don't mean much, because when playoff time comes, you got to face a team seven times, strategies change, people can get hurt. You don't have the great games you have in the regular season. It's great. It's good to have a great game in February. But when May comes along, when rotations are shortened, when you're worn down by the 82-game series, you got to face the same players over and over, you respond differently. But slowly, I'm starting to think. And I know, like myself and many other people have said, we believe the NBA season has already been predetermined from November. The Golden State Warriors are going to play the 82 games. They're going to cruise through. When the playoffs come, they're going to turn on this switch and then they're going to run through everybody and destroy everybody and win the third championship in four years. That's what we think is going to happen. But the Houston Rockets are changing my mind slowly. I was 100% sure. Now I'm just 98% sure that the Golden State Warriors are going to win the championship. Because the Houston Rockets show something Saturday night and something that have been shown at least the games I've seen against the Houston, against the Golden State Warriors. They show belief. When you want to beat a team that went 73-9, and when you want to beat a team that won 68 games, 69 games respectively in the regular season, like the Cleveland Cavaliers did in 2016, they were down 3-1, everyone... Wash their hands, had hey, the series is over, there's no point in watching NBA Finals. The Cleveland Cavaliers believed. They brought the grit. They brought the strength. They brought shot making. And it also helped that they had the best player. One of the best players in NBA history and definitely the best player in the NBA. That helped their cause. The Houston Rockets have the best scorer right now in the NBA in James Harden. And they arguably have the top five point guard in Chris Paul. He's definitely going to the Hall of Fame. But for some reason, I don't know. They just have the Golden State's number. Golden State has the best shooter of all time. And Klay Thompson, arguably the second best shooter of all time. Then they have Kevin Durant, who happens to be the second best player in the NBA. And arguably, Kevin Durant can end his career being a top 10 player of all time. That's what the Houston Rockets were facing. James Harden wasn't available. Just Chris Paul, Clint Capella. Eric Gordon, Austin Rivers, Gerald Green, Manimal, Kenneth Fareed. By the way, Kenneth Fareed need to get comeback player of the year, even if it was just five games. He was stuck in Brooklyn. Nobody wanted to play him. He sat on the bench in Denver. Nobody wanted to play him. They said he was done. This boy's averaging nearly 20 and 10 since he's been on the Rockets. My point being is why I'm giving you all these statistics. Because sometimes stats... Even though you have them all, you put it on paper, you say, okay, this team should win. It just don't matter. Because the other team, their strategy just works. Their style just works. You guys remember the 2001 season? When the Los Angeles Lakers went on that ridiculous 15 and, run, and one run in the playoffs? The San Antonio Spurs had their number. They smacked them around, but when the playoff came about, <laughs> they destroyed them. And nobody could understand. 
Nobody could understand. I got carried away too. <laughs> I was thinking this, this this entire weekend after that game on Sunday, then on Monday, I'm just like, man, I think the Houston Rockets actually do have their number, and I think they can actually beat them in this 2019 season. I actually think they can beat the Golden State Warriors. But that was just my my other side just thinking, huh? Yeah, in a perfect world, that would happen. It could possibly happen. But if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I'm still picking the Golden State Warriors to beat the Houston Rockets and actually easily in a seven-game series. I don't even think last year should fool anybody. I think it was just difficult because the, the Golden State Warriors was just going through another stretch. Teams are coming at them. But I think Houston has one thing going for them. They have that belief that it doesn't matter where they play, how they play, whenever they play, who's on the court, that they can beat the Golden State Warriors. That's that belief I was talking about earlier. And that's what really matters come playoff time. You need to have belief, you need to have grit, and you need to say to yourself, it doesn't matter where we play, I can beat this team. Now, let's switch gears to this. Huh, this article came out about referee Tim Donaghy. For those of you who don't know who Tim Donaghy is, if you're too young to remember who he is, Tim Donaghy is his referee that was caught in 2007 or indicted and went to federal prison for betting on NBA games. Just think about that. This man was betting on games that he was refereeing to benefit the people he was in cahoots with. Read this article on ESPN. Title, How Former Ref Tim Donaghy Conspired to Fix NBA Games. It was written by Scott Aiden. And you can see a video on YouTube um, by Jeremy Shaft. Or Jeremy Shap, rather. Not Shaft, Jeremy Shap. Where, you know, he gives you a little breakdown of that. What does that mean for the NBA now? Tim Donaghy, this coming up now, in 2019. This happened in 2007, 12 years later. Tim Donaghy. I remember... Los Angeles Lakers. This is for the Lakers fans. I want to bring up those bad memories. But I always have this asterisk. For that playoff series against the Sacramento Kings. We had no business beating the Sacramento Kings in game six. Remember the game was in LA? Lakers came by basket. The Lakers couldn't defend the Kings. The Kings was, the Kings were literally going to close that series out. Shout out to Mike Baby, Chris Webber, Vladi Divac. They was destroying us. And Tim Donaghy was refereeing that game. I don't know if he bet on that game or not. 2019 now, I don't care. All I know is the Lakers won the championship that year. 2002, they won the championship that year. But the Lakers took 24 free throws in the fourth quarter. That seemed pretty odd because all of a sudden, the Lakers the Lakers weren't getting to the basket. The Lakers weren't making no buckets. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all the calls went on their end. Why am I bringing this up now? Why am I talking about this after talking about the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets potentially having their number? Because right now we're in a world where betting is a big thing. People quit their jobs to bet. People use their money, their rent money to bet on sports games. I mean, you might say this is not something new. It is not something new. But but now, now you have so many ways to bet, so many manners to bet. The world is smaller. People know people. 
You can get inside information. You can make these bets. And how does this affect NBA games? To this day, even subconsciously, when I'm watching an NBA game, I'm always blaming the ref when my team is losing me. Because I'm like, yo, why are you making these ridiculous calls against my team? Like, are you betting on my team? Against my team, rather? And that's how bad Tim Donaghy was. That's how bad his information was. 23, Jeremy Jeremy Schaaf reported that 23 of the 30 games that Tim Donaghy actually bet on that he conspired with the people he was conspiring with, that 77% was in favor of the people that were betting on that game and that he bet on himself. You know what are the odds of that happening? Of you betting that you're favoring the team 27, 23 out of 30 times? 6,371 to 1. That's the probability of... You covering all the spreads for those games. And that was happening with Tim Donaghy. And that's something we need to be aware now. And I think the article came out at the right time now. We're nearing close to the playoffs. We're nearing, yes, we're in February. We're nearing where games are really going to matter. Games are really going to count. And referees have an outcome on games. It's easy to bet on the NBA. You know why? Because the referees have a bigger influence. You can call fouls. Fouls are common in the NBA. You get, a, you get a charging block, somebody drives to the basket, you move your leg, it's up to the discretion of the ref to say, hey, you know, I think that's a charge. It's not like football where they score a goal, they were offside, and you can go back and look on VAR to say, hey, that goal doesn't count. We saw during the World Cup, those of you who saw the World Cup saw, a lot of teams lost games and a lot of teams won games because a machine or a video decided for them that was a goal or not. It was happening in real time. The NBA, you can't stop. In the middle of a game to say, oh, did that foul affect the outcome of this basket? Oh, did this foul take away points, etc., etc.? You can't do that. So at the time, Tim Gonnagy used that to his advantage. Fouls are called at my discretion. They are so common. And nobody's going to bat an eye when you call fouls during the game. Of course, it's going to look a little outrageous when the other team is gets astronomically more free throws. Or to get more fouls called against them. It's going to look bad. But at the end of the day, everybody's going to say, ah, the referee just had a bad game. Let's just move on from it. But I believe this article came out to bring awareness to the fact that we as fans need to be aware that these things could still happen. But the thing that's more scary about this, I'll give an example. Last year, Game 1, NBA Finals, LeBron James was driving to the basket. Kevin Durant slid over. And they call this particular call that they never, ever call a charge. My Twitter feed blew up. Everybody was scratching their head like, why would you call this now in the game one? And that refers to what I'm trying to say here. Tim Donaghy was doing what he was doing and nobody was really raising an eyebrow wondering what the heck he was doing. Because it was just common what he was doing. He was just calling in favor of the other team, but it didn't look as bad. But that's the inconsistencies that I think the NBA and many other sports don't have together. We can bring up again the Saints and the Rams. That ridiculous helmet to helmet that the referees didn't call. Because what? It's common to say, hey, we don't want the referees to decide the game, right? And the referees, quote unquote, just let them play. But as a fan of the NBA specifically that we're talking about, you don't want to get into the playoffs and the referee decides for you the outcome of a game cost you to lose a series because they didn't want to make a call you might wonder well why is this so important what is what do you need to keep in the context about this i'm just bringing awareness to you guys 
again, we are in February. The games now matter. One game can cost your team, especially in the Western Conference, to not make the playoff. Players lose bonus checks. Players get traded. One game can cost a lot of people their careers, coaching jobs. And that's how egregious Tim Donaghy's antics were when he was betting on NBA games. He was causing people to lose their jobs eventually. He caused teams not to make the playoffs. In hindsight, you look at him and say, oh, one game doesn't matter. Hey, man, in the standings, that one game is half a game. <laughs> you And you might miss the playoff by half a game. You can say it doesn't matter now. But if it happens to your team, I'm sure you're going to be crying about it. Ah, we've come to an end of another episode, episode number 23. I want to thank you guys for spending your time wherever you were listening, at work, at, you know, driving to work, working out at home on your free time. I appreciate all the support, guys. Once again, as I remind you every week, if you came here for the first time, if you haven't subscribed, do that on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and especially on iTunes, you can rate us, review us. That will help us move up in the ranks so we can produce better, solid content for you guys, man. I appreciate all the support. And next week, guys, we're going to bring another amazing episode for you. But for now, Statman, signing out, baby. Thanks for listening to the Statman Sports Podcast. See you next time.